0: Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex, my co-host over here is Craig. We are gonna be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here, and here we go. Welcome to our podcast. Uh,
1: I had a fascinating conversation with a friend yesterday. It won't probably surprise anybody. But the topic somehow got to God and um, somehow somehow. and and this person's still early in their journey, I'll say. and I um, as I was talking, he said, well whats the, what's the difference anyway? Okay, so it's truth it's not truth. He said it reminds me of the matrix uh, what you know and he he went on to explain, uh, the Matrix. You know the Matrix,
0: right? I sure do. It's one of my favorite movies, actually.
1: So that is wonderful because you can probably help me with some of the details and clarify. But I'd be happy to. He, the, the Matrix had this thing, this world of uh, the real world and the, the the computer world, and and this one guy had also made a decision to live live in the world of truth or reality, and then decided I don't want that. It's, it's not worth it. I don't want that anymore.
0: This is the character, uh, Cypher. Yes. Bald-headed dude with the goatee. yes. He had been, uh, let's just say, awoken. He had been hacked out of the Matrix. He was living in the real world, which wasn't pretty. Yes. Um, For those of you who haven't seen the Matrix by chance, I would definitely recommend watching it. It is, I would say, probably the best artistic representation that exists uh, to describe modern humanity's tenuous relationship with technology. It's Mm. beautifully done. Mm. Uh, The second and third ones you can skip if you want. The first one is great as it is. But this character, Cypher, he strikes a deal with an agent within the system and says... Bad guy. He's a bad guy. Yeah, he says, I just want to... Go back. Take me back. I don't want to remember anything. I will betray both myself and my friends who are living this life out in the real world. Plug me back in. I know it's not real. However, anything beats the harsh reality of what this actually is because I didn't know what I was signing up for. Mm This sucks. Yep. I am tired of eating oats every day <laughs> exclusively, uh, and whatever, um, whatever food that we've got. I'm tired of being cold. I'm tired of being lost mm. out in this real world. And although I know that this digital world isn't real, it sounds easier. It sounds more pleasant. Yep.
1: So he was he was really saying I don't want to live in the real world. I don't want the truth. I'd rather create something in my mind or have something created in my mind that's a fantasy that just helps me move time along, right?
0: Yeah, it's the temptation that exists for all of us. It's do I step into the way things are? Do I want to see the world for how it is or do I want to Occupy my mind and think about the, let's call it the distraction industrial complex, Mm. where there are so many diversions that can captivate our minds, Mm. really taking us Mm. nowhere uh, of significance. Right. It's never been like this. I mean, there's so many things that we can opt into to remove us from, I'll be honest, my perception of reality is not exceptionally pretty. I look at the world the way it is now, and hopefully I'm not a raging pessimist. I'd like to go for realism over pessimism. But sometimes people will say, oh, you're so negative. And I'm saying, well, unless we know where we're at, where we're going isn't relevant. Say that again. Unless we first know where we're at, where we're going isn't relevant. Hmm. A, any kind of meaningful journey has a starting point and it has hopefully some sort of destination. Hmm. And if you're trying to read a map, you kind of have to know where you are if you want to orient yourself yes. and yes. move in any direction in a way that is directed yes. and not just wandering around the wilderness. Yes,
1: And I love that. And even the map analogy provides for us something that's a really good and helpful one because all right, once we've identified where we are, there's a place that is a destination. And that was the whole question that was behind this analogy for my friend yesterday at lunch. It was, what, is that destination worth it? Why would I bother? If if there's a long journey and embracing truth and challenges and twists and turns that I can't control, uh, why? What's going to be there? What is the pot of gold at the end of the end of the journey? What is the destination? Because um, cipher, as you is that his name, cipher. Yeah, he decided the journeys that I've been on is not worth it. It's not. I I'd rather go a different direction. Almost reminds me of the uh uh you know Jonah. You know, Jonah was told, hey, go (laughs) go this way. And he's like, No, thank you. I'm gonna choose to say no to the reality of God and my connection with him and the mission that he's given me. That's not what I want. I don't want reality. I want I want the steak that I can't taste, as Cypher experienced.
0: Cypher was an interesting character. He he asked an interesting question. Uh, his best question. He says, "If if we knew how things actually were, would mm-hmm. we have taken the red pill in the first place?" And that's kind of the wake up, start seeing reality for what it is. Mm-hmm. If we knew what we were getting into by going down the quote unquote rabbit hole, would we have made this choice? Mm-hmm. That's a really tricky question to answer, I think, for a lot of people. And I think it's challenging to be in a cold and rugged reality. It's a really tough space to occupy. And
1: sometimes it's just a matter of perspective, I think. Um, As a parent would tell a small child, um, we are going to um, go on a journey. And he takes that small child and uh, he puts a seatbelt on him and they're in this enclosed metal tube and it's really noisy and their ears start hurting and um, it's bumpy on this airplane. Um, They don't like that. It's not going to be comfortable for them. They're going to be a little scared because it's going to be things that they can't control. And then eventually the plane touches down and they're in Hawaii and the child says, ah, okay, so how much do we need to weigh the destination of where we're actually heading? And I'm not just saying heaven or Hawaii because I think we get too caught up in that, um, oh, it's just, it's all, it's all going to come together in heaven and this world sucks and this world is this dark, strange painful toiled reality and then somehow at the end of this then everything's going to be worth it and make sense.
0: Yeah, that's a perspective that I've always struggled with as a Christian is saying, "Oh, life is suffering. We're supposed to suffer. We can let people treat us like garbage. Our earthly circumstances don't matter. Catch me in heaven. I will have the last laugh." That doesn't that doesn't really sit well with me mm-hmm. even if that might be the truth of the matter. It's not one, it's not the way that I feel comfortable living my life. Hmm. I would like to have values and stand for them. I would like the world to be a better place for those around me and future generations. And I feel like laying down and taking it every step of the way, is not honoring people who have made sacrifices before us. And it's also not honoring ourselves Mm. and those who believe in us too. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to put you on the spot with this one, but if we were to contrast this one character who decided to live more in the world of fantasy and not live in the reality and um, the main character, Neo's character, what, what, what did, what did Neo have that Cypher didn't? What was Neo experiencing and what did he ultimately experience that Cypher would have experienced if he had continued the journey?
0: Well, he became who he was supposed to be. Yes.
1: Yeah. And what else? Go ahead.
0: He showed people what it was like to live free and yes. how worth it that was. And being a truth seeker is not an easy path. Being, uh, trying to be more realistic about the way things are, that's not fun. Certainly most of the time. I, I know plenty of people. I find myself getting into conversations with people who I would describe as quote unquote seekers and seekers take a lot of different forms, but ultimately they are seekers of truth. They are seekers of beauty, of experience, of understanding complexity. And it's not an easy path. I was talking with a gal at the gym the other day, and she said, I just don't know why life has been so tricky for me. And I said, well, it's cause you're a seeker. It's so funny that you bring this up because this rhymes with the conversation that I had with her. Where she said, things have just been so tough for me and I just want to know what's wrong with me. And I said, nothing's wrong with you. You're just a seeker mm. and you're at an earlier stage in your journey. Mm. This isn't you know, I've said this to you over the phone. We've said it in person. We've talked about it that life isn't a movie. Unfortunately, you don't get to speed through the challenging times in a way that a movie does with a cool montage. I mean, that happens in The Matrix, where Neo goes from being a neophyte, a complete novice, to somewhat of a badass uh, fighting expert in a very expedited time period. Mm. And we don't experience growth like that. We experience slow days, Mm -hmm. painful reality checks. And so the temptation of Cypher, I don't look at him as simply a bad dude i look at him as having a pretty realistic set of coping mechanisms and desires to cope with reality the temptation to check out ultimately overcame him but i have that temptation where i would love to just you know crush a couple beers and play video games and not do what I do. I d- just, I don't want to read anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to keep going to church. I don't want to keep these spiritual pursuits going. The temptation to check out is there. And if somebody's suggesting that it isn't for them, that is, is astonishing to me. Mm. I would find that, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, because there's probably some people who are all the way in, no looking back ever, always engaged in the process. But I would say a lot of us see these distractions and say, boy, would I like to just take a time out. Maybe we don't go all the way cypher and say, hey, turn me into a happy-go-lucky daydream Johnny. But it's, I need a break.
1: Do you think Cypher's expectations of what would happen once he did start living in that truth or reality impacted his desire to get out of that?
0: Do I think his expectations for... I just
1: wondered, to me, I'm curious, you know, we don't know. Yeah, go ahead. But it's just, I wonder if he expected things to be easy. He expected things to be smooth. He expected beauty and he saw challenge and struggle. And because he expected... That in his mind, when he said yes to truth and reality, um, when he got there, what he found was very different. And then he said, Gosh, I'd rather go back to my imaginary. This is what I was expecting easy, smooth. I mean, what do they say? The road to hell is
0: paved with good intentions
1: <laughs> and smooth underfoot or something. It's, it's, um, it,
0: this sounds, So it would be inappropriate of me not to share my baptism story. Mm, Yeah, please. So you and I first connected at man camp and that was a challenging time for me. There were so many guys there. They're probably, you know, from other churches that camp was sprawling with 150, 200 guys. And I was looking out and seeing other people experience man camp and they were going down slip and slides and shooting shotguns (laughs) and high-fiving and be like, yeah, let's go to the next sermon. All the while I'm scribbling away in a notebook with self-indicting questions, feeling somewhat of an imposter syndrome where I'm asking myself and asking God, I'm saying, what are you, what are you doing with me here? what am I doing here? Is this who I am? Do I belong here? I'm looking around and I don't feel like I share a ton in common with these guys. They seem so thrilled and I feel so depressed on the inside. This is not, I, I don't feel like I fit in here. And that was the majority of that man camp. I felt that way. And then at, The very end, I was feeling really inspired to accept Jesus in a way that I never had before. I was never baptized as a child, and this was all my choosing. Just a beautiful poetic setting where we had that steel tub. It was about 35 degrees out, it was misty and raining, and boy, that water was not heated. (laughs) And I was baptized along with a couple other guys. There's a guy who listens to the sh- the show quite regularly. He was baptized at the same time. And I felt a sense of joy and relief and triumph. And then going down the mountain, because this was in the mountains of San Diego, Palomar, One of our friends said to me, said, well, you know, you got a target on your back now. And I said, what? Like, This is supposed to be a celebration, you idiot. Like, I just did a great thing. And I didn't really understand what he was saying. I didn't at all. And I really took my foot off the gas after that. I stopped going to church. I stopped going to men's groups because I was like, well, I made it. I did the baptism. I treated it like a finish line rather than a starting point or a checkpoint. Mm. And that prompted six to eight months of really challenging times where I did not feel connected, emotionally grounded. I found myself um, in checkout mode where I was like, Oh, I don't know if I want this anymore and I had relationships that were terrible. I was spending time with a gal that I hated. Mm. And I mean that. I mm. She was terrible for me mm. and she made me miserable, but I was dating her. Um, yeah, I just wanted to check out. I wasn't focused on on anything at all. And I said, "What? what was I doing? And then I stepped back in. I reached out to some guys and I said, I'm not doing well. Everything sucks. And it was interesting because they said to me, they said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I wasn't there for you. You had an amazing experience at this man camp and we just kind of dropped the ball. We didn't stay connected with you. We didn't follow up with you. That was our fault. Did Cypher have the support that he needed? What he didn't know what he was getting in, into. And in fact, most of us don't. Mm. When you decide to give your life over to Jesus, that is a step that if you fully understood kind of the spiritual spiritual battleground into which you were stepping, I don't know if everybody who is walking this path would choose to do it again. We sell people, or a lot of people are sold on happy-go-lucky, kumbaya, Jesus. But that's not what Jesus does for us. Mm. It's not what he's supposed to do for us. He does. He, Jesus does different things for different people. Mm. where are you at as I'm saying all this? Cause you notice yeah. little pieces. When I tell a story, You there are pieces that stand out to you in yeah. particular. And I'm curious as to what grabbed your attention.
1: Well, I love, I love, thank you for sharing by the way, because it's awesome to hear and rehear stories of, uh, the beginning steps we had with Jesus. You know, the early church fathers used to take their testimony and sew sew it on the inside of their cloaks so they could be reminded every single day, this is who Jesus is and this is what he's done for us. I think we would all be (laughs) well-served hearing that story, sharing that story often just so we remember the freshness of what it was like when we first encountered him. And, um, understood that we were forgiven and loved and that we belonged, And all all of that comes with that, because for some reason, sometimes that drifts away. And what came to my mind as you were talking is um, the question that I asked you the other day, um, we were just talking and a question popped into my mind as it often does. Um, What is the weather like in your soul?
0: Oh, Craig, I've shared that question with like 10 people already. That question, you have such a beautiful command of imagery and it's... Ask it again, please. Just so... What, again,
1: again, the question that, that I ask you is just a simple, what is the weather like in your soul? And it, regardless of one's answer, I think it's important to answer. So that starting place on the map that you talked about, right? Where, where wow, what is the weather like in my soul? Wow, okay. Too often the weather outside in our external world matches the world internally in our in our soul. And our soul weather is going to be matching the circumstances that we are going through and the ups and the downs. And when I look at Jesus, I see someone who, who has the weather in his soul that is bright, sunny, joyful, hopeful, full of love. And on the outside world, There were days where it was partly cloudy and days where it was stormy and days where there were hurricanes because of what he was going through, but none of that changed the weather system in his soul. And I think that's what Cypher probably missed, and I think that's what many of us often miss. We somehow think... Hey, when I say yes to Jesus, the weather outside is going to change and it's always mm. going to be sunny and it's like no. Actually, the weather is going to change like the seasons do and we have no control over the circumstances that change and to and fro around us. What we do have a say in is how much we're going to let God change the weather in our own soul. And I think that is super Import.
0: I love that. This is you're bringing this all together in a beautiful way.
1: And to maybe land the proverbial plane, to give back to the airplane uh, example, the little the little child that's a little fearful on on the plane, um, has a parent there with them. And they're going to have the parent with them at the destination. And I think that's super important for us to remember, that we're not thrown on the plane by ourselves and saying, okay, I'll see you in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we have a loving father with us all the time. And that loving father, when we start getting scared and the plane starts getting bumpy, just puts his hand on our knee and says, it's okay, I'm here. Everything is going to be fine. And when babies start screaming and when challenges start happening on the plane or in our life, the father's there to just rest us assured through that relationship, I'm here. You said something very powerful about your baptism because you asked the question, do I belong here?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Do I belong here? And the sense of belonging is very important for every single one of us. I think most people subconsciously ask themselves that question numerous times a day. Do I belong here? Do I belong here? And what I would love to do is just take out the here and just say, do I belong? Mm. Because if we ask that question, God's going to say, of course you do. I am here. You're with me. Of course you belong. And now, regardless of the way you feel in a, in a group of people, you can have that sense of belonging that changes the weather in our soul because we know we are deeply loved. We are deeply known. We, you, and I keep coming back to that. How beautiful it is to have someone that actually knows you, knows you well enough to know all the, the ways that you have screwed up, are screwing up, and probably will screw up. And say, "I know that about you, and I'm not going to look into your eyes and say you're broken. Go fix yourself. You suck." But says, "I understand that, and I love you." I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to keep walking with you.
0: So the point of truth in electing this life is to experience stillness within, not stillness externally. And that's what ultimately makes it worth it.
1: Yes. And that stillness comes through a relationship. It's the relationship with God it's the relationship with other people. If we would have had more time, we could have seen Neo who was able to experience purpose and meaning because he was on a mission that was bigger than himself. He was able to experience relationship and love. And guess what? Christianity is the only religion or worldview that has this promise of a loving relationship in the next world. There are other people and other worldviews and other religions that do believe on in something beyond the grave. But Christianity is the only one that says love's going to be there. You're going to be there. Love's going to be there. Relationship's going to be there. God's going to be there. That's captivating for me. That's a destination that I'm looking forward to. Not just a Hawaii with my Heavenly Father in heaven, but uh, the journey through the bumps and the air pockets of life here and now where he's with us.
0: Well, I hope there's, it's, it, I, I, just of, have, yes, I just have, I just have, go for it. I have, I just have a one comment in that our journey isn't supposed to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's really not yeah. the stories worth telling. And the stories worth hearing are ones with serious, serious challenges. If your life is challenging, you're probably growing. And if you're growing, you're rising to the next amazing chapter in a story that God is authoring for you. Yeah. It's important that we find those people yes. who can help remind us of that. Yes. Because sometimes I lose sight of that, and you do a brilliant job of being the Gandalf to my Frodo. Hmm.
1: Well, I'll say thank you, and I'll say you do that for me also. Because uh, about three weeks ago, I also hit a low spot and I was frustrated about something that was really just tweaking me and triggering me. And I told you about it, and um, you actually had a response that really just ticked me off. <laughs> cause he said, "What an opportunity! That's fantastic. What an opportunity and and the the mad um, the how the madness that I had towards you lasted for a short time, but the gratitude lasted a long time because I needed to hear that. I needed to be reminded that I had a beautiful opportunity ahead of me to lean into a hard moment, to lean into some growth, to lean into some character development, to lean in to loving someone who is difficult to love. And we all need that. And I, I hope all of you who are listening, try to try to find that. And you go be that to someone. A uh, humans life will be transformed if you love them when they feel like they're unlovable. If you love someone, when they feel like they're unlovable, something changes in the weather of our soul because God is using us in that person's life. And uh, that's a beautiful day. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. Um, plenty to think about. Um, Alex, thanks for joining me on this journey. Thank you. And uh, have a blessed day.